A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Friday, and this is the third special Truth in Movies podcast from the Little White Lies flat. Well, the second Little White Lies flat here in Cannes, David. Uh, we're back here again. Yeah, that's my bad. Um, <laughs> had a little bit of a uh, an Airbnb full start, a little snafu, and it meant that we uh, have had to move away from our lovely um, balcony mm-hmm. apartment into a kind of quite weird but charming little mock Tudor castle yeah. tucked away in the back streets but we, you know we'll accept what we're given it's more peaceful it's a very peaceful place so but you know that's just all part of the fun of can i guess and all part of the fun of can i mean one thing we've been asked about already to talk about is the pass system which is something that i think people who don't come to can they hear people complaining about the, these colors these cues all sorts of things uh, which maybe we can uh, bust a few of those myths on. I guess. I mean, we can try and bust myths, but like the the reality is, I think that the system is so complicated that I don't even uh, having. You know, this is my eighth can now, and I don't even know. Like, there are some elements to it that I still have no idea about. So, you have coloured tiers, and you have to um, apply to get your press pass that's relevant to your publication. Mm-hmm. A lot of people ask if like the public can come to the festival. I think. I think they can. You can get a general festival pass, I think. But for a lot of money. Yes. Yes. I mean, the, the passes are mm. quite costly, and you have mar- you market passes mm-hmm. as well, which you can pay for to go and see all the screenings of films that have, have yet to find a distributor. Yeah, it's a very weird kind of film journalist ranking cast system mm-hmm. that causes much consternation and then and when, ire. When we get to an actual screening, there are pens for different classes and due to the hierarchy and then even though these screening rooms are quite large there are fewer seats often than press that want to get in so we have to start queuing early and this is why there is all of these complaints on Twitter that may seem a bit hoity-toity saying oh we've got to queue for an hour to see this brand new film but it's to make sure you get in. Exactly yeah so essentially the the better the pass you have the less time you have to Mm -hmm. queue to ensure getting a seat in in a screening the passes we're on, we're both on Blue Pass, which is like a kind of um, second up the rankings. Mm-hmm. It means we pretty much can get into all the screenings we want to, but you know we have to organise. We have to stand in queue for sometimes up to and around two hours, mm-hmm. just to make sure. Certainly for the big films, like I'm expecting, you know, for Spike Lee's oh, Black yeah. Klansman this weekend, that we'll probably have to be stood out mm-hmm. for you know two plus hours to make sure we can get in. See come that come one. rain or shine, because it's outside. Indeed. Yeah. Yes. Um, one year, I, 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 yeah, in fact, it was the year that Inside Lewin Davis, mm. the Coen Brothers film, screened 
in the, the sort of smaller screening room for some reason, which was, it seemed bizarre because it was by far the big, the hottest ticket for the, for the entire festival. And yeah, we stood out for around three plus hours just to kind of ensure that we're going to get in. And a, a, about 10 minutes into camping out, it started to really kind of like almost comic level driving rain mm-hmm. to the point where we got, you know, everyone was completely soaked through. You know, it's the length you go to. to the lengths you go to, and everyone now has their own systems that you cobble together. Sometimes there are, along where the queue would be running, there are sometimes little flower beds that you can sit on the perch on. Oh, and God, I've seen yeah. people almost anticipating how long the queue will be by just sitting there straight away. There are, of course, weird restrictions about what you can take into screening rooms, water, food, and so on. So there's about halfway down the queue, there's always a bit of a, a bin where food has been abandoned. There's cutting as well, mm-hmm. or saving spaces for friends. And sometimes there is a sort of quite, you know, within your kind of cast level, mm-hmm. there is a bit of camaraderie and they're like, yeah, you go, go on, it's fine, you can let your friend in. But others, I mean, when people get angry, when people call you out, they're really like, you know, it's, it's quite horrible, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it can get quite violent and nasty. I've seen some, some horrible, nasty altercations happen. Mm-hmm. Um, not quite physical, but... Definitely psychological. <laughs> so. Gosh. Have you seen any glamour at the festival yet, David? Well, I've had a couple of celebrity spots just out okay. and about in the street. I saw uh, Mr. Mag- Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, the Mads. The Mads, yeah. um, who is in this film. It's a kind of Arctic survival film. And, yeah, I just saw this couple attempting to sort of take a picture with him mm. and sort of talking to him while... They were trying to do it and he was kind of obviously had a kind of hurry up look in his eyes and I don't want to really listen to what you've got to say because I'm, I'm busy. But he, you know, he seemed happy. And then this morning I saw um, Kristen Stewart, who's on the jury, oh, yeah. uh, out and about. And that's a very funny situation and, and quite a kind of, it's something you see a lot here is that you see a celebrity in the street and it looks like they're just on their own walking around. And then you sort of take the long view and you step back and you can see a kind of large security detail almost mm-hmm. like satelliting them to making sure that people aren't sort of, you know, bothering them. So, yeah, there's lots of, lots of kind of burly people mm-hmm. in, her, in her orbit. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's not bad for the first couple of days, Mads Mikkelsen and you know, Christmas Stewart. Quite, quite good you. spots, yeah. Where can we go from there? Maybe upgrade to Kate Blanchett by the end of Maybe, the end maybe. Of I did see her in a, in a screening and she was sat Oh, of like, course, because when you go of, to of, big Rafiki, screenings, yeah. the jury do kind of trot out and get endless standing ovations and exactly yeah. it's slightly worrying when the when the kind of special guests get a bigger standing ovation than the uh, than the people who have actually made the film but oh yeah that's just can baby yeah exactly so but then films we've seen david i know yesterday i'd only been in can for less than 24 hours and i've now seen a, f- a couple so i can Finally. i can make a great big shout out to the film petra that we mentioned on the podcast yesterday this film and director's fortnight directed by jaime rosales who i think he was here last with a film called Beautiful Youth, which I think did get released in the UK. I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. But this is such a fascinating film, quite divisive one on my row of fellow critics. The Little White Lies contributors, you know, the, the, the Lazitches and uh, Christina Newland were there. Um, quite divisive on my row, but I loved it. It was this very strange and slippery domestic drama, actually. It could have been a melodrama, could have been a Greek tragedy, depending on your approach to it. But nearly every aspect of the film was almost working against each other in terms of the rhythms, the editing, the narrative, the the cinematography, even the acting performances. So you'd have these long, sweeping, 
steadicam tracking shots that would go through these dialogue scenes between characters. Meanwhile, editing would be so elliptical, you wouldn't really know where scenes started or ended. And then there'd be these chapter breaks. The first one started with chapter two, then chapter three, and then back to chapter one. And you're darting around this narrative that keeps you guessing. And it was such a strange experience. I'm not sure whether it's one that will live on in my mind, but it's so good at a festival like this, being seeing a film that's so jumbled up and playful, um, and one where I think we were sitting in front of a Spanish couple. One of the benefits of Directors Fortnight is that it's one of those strands where more members of the public do come along. And they were just, they were loving it, they were lapping it up. Especially these moments where twists occur. It's this story of a woman called Petra taking up an artist's um, placement with a famous artist. And I won't go any further than that because hopefully if this film comes out in the UK it's just one worth seeing as clean as possible. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's Petra. And the other film we saw yesterday together straight after recording was Grands or Grens? Gra Gruns, maybe. Gruns, maybe. The, the A has got an umlaut over it, so yeah. however you pronounce that, Swedish. Swedish so. film, Ali Abassi is the director. Translated as Border. Border, yes. So. Um, Ali Abassi directed it, and he, he made a film called Shelley that I saw at Berlin Film Festival a few years ago, which was sort of a, a, um, a demonic possession birth story told with, with a bunch of Nordic hipsters living out in the forest. And this is sort of his take on troll mythology, based on a short story by uh, John uh, Advida Linkvist, who wrote um, Let the Right One In. And it's sort of similar to that. It's this dark romance using updated versions of ancient Nordic mythology, following this, she's a border guard, main character, who has never felt quite right in society. And then she's wearing this, how do you describe how she looks, David? Sort of a, there's this sort of prosthetic makeup with a large brow and nose and... There's a kind of not quite rightness about her, about her face. And it's like, I mean, she feels that she's ugly and she's mm -hmm. a kind of, uh, like a bit of an ugly duckling in society. Yeah. But the sort of discoveries she makes during the film, you know, she finds out why she is like she is. I mean, one thing that sets her apart immediately and is the reason why she's a border guard is she has this incredible sense of smell. She can actually smell emotions yeah. on people. So she can smell if someone's guilty and, mm -hmm. and you know, manages to catch people as they're going past just by smelling them, mm -hmm. which her colleagues don't seem to, to mind about. <laughs> you know, they're, they're actually quite happy that she's able yeah. to do this. And I guess the story starts when, I want to call it a guy, but mm -hmm. a person mm -hmm. who has a distinct similarity, facial similarity to her in the kind of the ruggedness and the, these kind of uh, like very short teeth as mm -hmm. well, comes off of a ferry and, through, and, and, part, and across the border and they have this kind of moment where, where they kind of, they've seen one another and uh, the story pretty much goes from there. And I mean, yeah, it is very similar to Let the Right One In, in that it takes this kind of fantastical storyline and, and places it in a very kind of ordinary humdrum domestic setting and, and sort of ask this question what would what would it be like if trolls really existed mm -hmm. it sounds very hollywood but it's not <laughs> it's quite bleak it's quite dark and it pulls no punches in it in the way that it shows their bodies and their actions and their goals in life i mm -hmm. guess although they may seem harmless they may be not so much yeah it's legitimately strange as well mm -hmm. we're you know, only two or three days into this festival and we're seeing the sex lives of trolls. Really. Exactly, yeah. yes. In all so, its glory. 
So I, I should get on to Cold War. You should, yes. Which is the new film by Pavel Palakowski, which is one of the big titles in this year's competition. Palakowski had a major success with his previous film, Ida, which went on to win the best foreign film at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this, this one feels quite highly anticipated. And it's similar in a sort of superficial way in that it's shot in monochrome and it's in a kind of academy boxy ratio. The story is a kind of continent-spanning love story that he's managed to compact what feels like should be like an epic three-hour sweeping melodrama into like 85 minutes with the use of just very curt scenes, very careful, spare dialogue, using every, every element of the frame, every element of, of body language in, in the most kind of spare and curt way imaginable. Formally, I found it quite a dazzling film if maybe a little kind of, it sounds a cliche to say it, but it is very cold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't maybe, because because everything is so kind of curt and clipped and quick, you maybe don't feel that this central love story as much as I maybe wanted to. There's an amazing scene where one of the, uh, an actress called Joanna Kulig, who has already been hotly tipped for the uh, Best Actress Prize here, there's a sequence in a, in a Paris nightclub where she starts dancing to Rock Around the Clock and it's this kind of very euphoric moment where that, that kind of deals with this idea of um, Western culture sort of seeping into the East and like these people having to decide what it is they like about these countries and what, what they like about each other. I actually saw another really great competition film yeah. yesterday afternoon called uh, Sorry Angel. Mm-hmm. It's by a French director called Christophe Honoré where Cold War is very short and curt and clipped, this one is very expansive and, and relaxed and slow moving and lavishes in these very long, lengthy dialogue exchanges between the characters and it's a really lovely sort of portrait of, a, I guess, a gay love affair that almost doesn't quite have... It's a kind of almost gay love affair. Between generations as well. Between generations yeah. and, yeah, between yeah. like pretty much like four or five generations mm-hmm. all told. Your central character... He's kind of in the early stages of AIDS, uh, uh, and you could, we kind of see his development across the, the sort of timeline of the film. And then he kind of meets cute with this young lover while in a screening of Jane Campion's The Piano. Mm-hmm. And um, it's this fascinating story about a guy who's kind of, from the point of t- in time that he's in, he can sort of see his past and his future and his youth and his death. And, and he's kind of taking it all in and trying to sort of figure out the things that he should really be spending time doing. It's not a melodrama, it's not, there, there are no kind of big sort of powerhouse moments or teary goodbyes or anything like that, but it just has, it just has this real kind of tenderness and mm-hmm. a real kind of humanity to it. And I mean, one of the things to mention also that the, it's got this extraordinary script mm-hmm. that um, it's just, uh, you know, hopefully it'll win a prize, you know, the best screenplay if not something bigger than that. But um, yeah, really impressive film. I mean, I'd probably even throw in a, you know, it's not a category at the Cannes Prizes, but best soundtrack as well for this film. Yeah. It's a sort of collection of early, mid-90s indie kind of hits, and or under the radar. Kind of I mean, cuts. this film gets a pass instantly for me, because it contains a track by my all-time favourite band, The Sundays. But also, you've got some Ride in there, you've got some Cowboy Junkies, you've got some... Uh, uh, a key scene to the Cocteau Twins. Cocteau well. Twins, yeah. yeah. So it's that kind of vibe. It's very kind of Anglophile mm-hmm. music taste, but Christophe Honoré has got some good taste there. So. <laughs> and yeah, just last film I want to give a, a quicker shout out to is just a, this is a kind of like little hidden gem off the tracks. It's called Diamantino, 
by uh, Gabriella Brantes and Daniel Schmidt, played in the Critics Week. It's a kind of satire of preening overpaid footballers <laughs> about a Portuguese striker called uh, Diamantino, who's obviously modelled on Cristiano Ronaldo with his kind of little Diamante earrings in. He's as like thick as two short planks, and uh, when he's playing football, he kind of envisages puppies running around the field. It's basically how he gets co-opted by the Portuguese vote leave campaign after he misses the, a penalty in the in the World Cup final, and he doesn't really understand what's happening, and he's being exploited by various family members, and it's just this kind of kitsch almost kind of John Waters-esque caper mm-hmm. with a kind of very serious political undertow to it. There's lots of silly CGI and it's kind of taking the piss out of genre films and it's, it's taking the piss out of celebrity as well. And uh, these directors are known for more experimental films and you can kind of see there's a sort of ironic experimental mm-hmm. edge to it all as well. And they, there's some very kind of lo-fi special effects in there and animation and, and things like that that it, they really stand out but they're kind of you know everything's done in quote marks but um yeah that's uh that's one that i would hope would make its way to a festival in the uk mm-hmm. and uh, if not a proper distribution but yeah i really enjoyed that one diamantino let's yes. look out for it um so that's what we've seen so far today but we're going to be off to see something else very shortly aren't we yeah so it's the big man himself jean-luc goddard yeah back at Cannes again so this is leave dimage yeah picture book mm-hmm you know, there's no point in speculating on what exactly. he's going to deliver because, you know, it will be something completely idiosyncratic mm-hmm. and, you know, he's all about kind of new ways of making movies. So hopefully, you know, the expectation is he's going to give us something completely new. I think so. what we do know is it's under an hour and a half. Yes, 85 minutes. Oh, that's... A quality runtime. Good. And then also later this evening is Zsa Zsankar's latest, yep. Ashes Purest White. Yeah, we reviewed um, Mountains May Depart on the did, pod yeah. very favourably. So mm-hmm. nice to see what... The, he's got coming up next yeah. and uh, starring his muse wife actress Zhao Tao who is mm-hmm. one of the most amazing actresses working today so very excited for that mm-hmm. fantastic and then, then we're going to have a bit of a pause over the weekend in terms of these updates aren't we yeah. we'll be back on Monday we'll be back with a whole weekend of fun yeah with several films under our belts yeah. for sure so, but if you need to get in touch with us in the meantime with feedback or questions you can email us at truthandmovies at tcolondon.com or Badger is on Twitter at LWLies. David and I, or maybe a cast of other uh, voices, will be back next week. And this is, as always, has been uh, a Seven Digital production. Thanks for listening. are on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.